quite centralized system, we go to a distributed system. And so that layer needs to be digitalized so that it becomes more efficient in interacting with the users of work infrastructure. That's Chris Peters. You may have heard him on Ilya's Internet of Energy or Blockchain projects. This is Net Zero, a podcast by the Florence School of Regulation about the energy transition and climate change. I am Joana Freitas, and in this series, I'm inviting myself into the minds of some truly insightful people with very different perspectives. We will be discussing what is happening across Europe, what are the challenges for utilities, what will be the benefits for the environment, and ultimately for citizens. Today, we are joined by Chris Peters, CEO of the Ilia Group, to discuss how technology is changing the electricity world. Chris, thank you for joining us. Thank you. So there is great talk today of digitalization of the energy system. What does it really mean and what is the ultimate consequence of it? Well, at Ilia Group, we look at it on three different levels. So if you look at digitalization, we think that we as uh, responsibles for the transport layer, we need to achieve uh, three things. One is, of course, that we need to use digital technology to further improve our efficiency or effectiveness in our typical day-to-day activities. This can be integrating uh, satellite images, drone images in the way how we plan, how we do maintenance on our assets, as an example, or introducing in artificial intelligence in our control center. These are kind of things where you would say it is not a, a big step change that we will see there, but it will dramatically improve our current operations. But there will be little scene of that to the outside world. So it's really improving the inside. Second thing where we look at is that we need to digitalize the system. So to use our infrastructure, today there are a number of rules that uh, are defined how that a power plant or how that a consumer can interact or a distribution company can interact with our system. And now digital technology ensures that we can have a much more frequent interaction on that layer, but as well, of course, that we need to automate that by digital technology and that we need to make sure as well that we can get all the information on all the fragmented injection points and takeoff points that we will have in the future. We will have much more solar panels. We will have have much more windmills linked to our grid. So from a quite centralized system, we go to a distributed system. And so that layer needs to be digitalized so that it becomes more efficient in interacting with the users of our infrastructure. And the third layer that we then look at is that the energy transition brings with it that sectors are converging. So we see that mobility electrifies, we see that heating electrifies, we see that uh, hydrogen is coming up. And so each of those sectors will have to interact with the electricity system in a different way. And so we need to redefine Uh, how those interfaces will function. And of course, again, a lot of digital technology will be needed to make this an efficient interaction. So that is the way how we look at digitalization. And if you add it all up, we will be in a very different world, let's say 10, 15 years uh, uh, max from here, where you will see that the use of our infrastructure will be something which is much more variable than today. Yeah, So you will continue to see big flows, but they will be much more variable in terms of direction, in terms of volumes that we see going from left to right, from east, east to west. And the other thing that we will see is that flexibility will play a much more important 
important role in the management of that system. And so the whole digital technology will make sure that we keep the equilibrium of the system while the complexity will have increased meanwhile. So according to some research from the Florence School of Regulation, digitalization can be so transformative, as you were saying, that it can herald, at least in some circumstances and other, and in some instances, the end of traditional intermediaries and a new active role for consumers, including uh, in the electricity sector. How do you see roles and responsibilities of the different actors of the energy system changing as a result of digitalization? In our opinion, we will be in the coming couple of years moving more and more to the concept of, first of all, consumer in the center, and secondly, around that consumer, providers of energy as a service. So the element of the electrons that are delivered is actually becoming less important. On the other side, ensuring that this consumer will have the service that he needs from those electrons become much more relevant. So what you will see happening is, first of all, that by this digitalization, instead of very strong verticals that we see today, so the link between power generation suppliers and customer is a very strong vertical, you will see that breaking up into much more horizontal systems where you will have the specialists of the energy system managing all kinds of typical energy assets. But on the other side, you will have as well the specialist of the consumer needs. They will understand, if you look at the retail level, what kind of comfort levels you would like to have, given your behavior, how they can in an optimal way optimize that for you and how they relate that then to the energy system. Same in, in the industry processes, how they can optimize the use of flexibility to optimize their cost position vis-a-vis -vis the electricity system. And so there are things that we will see happening so that it is a system that is relatively still heavily oriented to a vertical system due to the fact that you have balancing responsibility parties and all these kind of things, which actually give high entry barriers to new kind of technology or new, new kind of players entering. And we expect that, well, that will become a much more open market and that in the end, well, actually relatively soon already, that the consumer will benefit from that because you will have players that will be much more adapted, much more agile to address specific needs. And they will, thanks to digitalization, have the tools to deliver that to those consumers. In this new system you're describing, we have both a set of infrastructure and then we also have a market arrangement that we use to generate, trade, deliver and consume electricity. What do you see as the position of the electricity grid companies like Elia in this regard? What initiatives are they implementing and what should they aim at in the coming years? Well, um, it's a, a very broad question that you're asking there. So the first thing that we need to do, which we see in the two home markets that we have, one Germany, one Belgium, is we need to build still quite some infrastructure to adjust to the new setup. So we come from countries with big thermal plants, relatively close to demand centers, and we go to a mix of say, local production, but which is insufficient that needs to be complemented by faraway sources like offshore wind or solar farms that are farther out. And so the infrastructure setup today is not ready for that. So we need an increase in interconnectors. We need an increase to offshore connections to, to shore we need to have reinforcement of line, and that's what we're doing as we speak. Second, 
where we need to work on is that the system needs to evolve so that what I just described before, so that that interaction of the users of that system becomes more effective. We think that from the regulated side, we should avoid that we move into the commercial sector. So we should do that in a very lean and mean way so that the maximum of intelligence stays in the commercial sector because it's a very dynamic world. It's not the world like we are in of long-term investment, stability, creating certainty, creating uh, a sure environment for investment for the rest of the sector. We need to provide that certainty that if they do investments, be it infrastructure, be it in IT, that they know that they have a reliable system in which they can interact. But of course, that system needs to have this digital layer that is absolutely needed for them to provide the services that we will have for the future. So we see our role as making sure the infrastructure is in place. Secondly, making sure that the system evolves in a way that is actually adapting to the new needs of clients that we have. And so in that last one, we have two big challenges. One is the challenge of bringing end consumers closer to the signals of the market so that they over time can play in that paradigm shift where you see intermittent renewables and demand is much more flexibly adjusting to that side. And that's what we call the vertical system that needs to completely be redesigned. And then the second thing is the further progress that we have done over the last couple of years that started by connecting markets by flow-based market coupling that we see now in Central Europe. But this needs to further evolve so that we can, to the best extent, use the infrastructure that we have built and that we avoid congestion, that we avoid loop close, and to ensure that the system remains adequate, especially when we see a lot of those thermal plants being phased out in the country. Could you elaborate on what are the technologies that you are uh, seeing as more important into that transition that you just described? Well, actually, I, I would say today we look at everything because we see that technology is a mean and you should use that mean to the extent that it's useful and that it delivers the impact. We today are having proof of concepts in blockchain to have metering data and settlement of tertiary reserve in a very efficient way so that a lot of intermediaries are cut out, out of that process, that the, the process becomes much more reliable. We implement artificial intelligence in forecasting in our national control center today. We use drones to inspect lines. We're thinking about maybe even using satellite images to inspect lines if we see technology going further forward. In maintenance, we use a lot of big data to analyze trends that we see in asset lifetime, etc. So actually, it's not something where you can specifically focus and say it's one technology that will make the difference. We think that all these technologies have somewhere their place in the system. IoT will probably be much more something at the commercial side, less involved in what we do. As I said, we want to have a very lean layer to have so we don't want to be involved in all those specific assets that need to be steered at the other side. And then we think as well that, for instance, in the way how we manage our SCADA systems, that will evolve as well. That will something that will probably have a much rap more rapid cycle in implementing new technologies, new protocols, new algorithms than we have seen over the past couple of years. Let's talk a little bit about consumer data. So as you were saying, uh, with the deployment of smart metering, we're going to have growing volumes of consumer data. On the other hand, both the Clean Energy Package and the General Data Protection Regulation states that, subject to the consent of the consumer, this data may be shared with, with third parties. Where do you see the commercial value of this data? And how can the EU member states make sure that the highest levels of data protection and cybersecurity are applied? 
I think there is still quite some work to be done by legislators and regulators to ensure that this goes well. Probably surprising to what we see happening in the infrastructure business where we have seen movements of TSOs and DSOs to try to see how can we, in one way or another, commercialize that data, thinking that that would be the, the, the golden pot with all the treasures that we could, could imagine. India Group has a completely different point of view on that. We think as a regulated monopoly, it's not a role to exploit data for anything else than system operation and further improving the service that we have towards the society in general and the, and the consumers. And so we need to have clear regulation that we can, for instance, use metering data to have a system which can be run smoother. But on the other hand, we're very open to discuss about uh, the time that we can use that data to be forbidden to use it for any other commercial use, etc. And then I think there's a lot of legislation that needs to happen as well at the commercial side. If you at your home start to close contracts with new kind of players, what is the protection that you can have? Who can have access to what kind of data? The technical solutions we have developed in our Internet of Energy uh, situation as well, the concept where we say everybody needs to have the data that they can do their job, and that's something that lawmakers uh, need to think about how we make sure that every player can act on that data in a correct way while the consumer remains, of course, protected and cybersecurity is something that is guaranteed. If we move now to the subject of investment on the grid, there is an expectation that the digital transformation of the energy system will require significant investment. For example, according to Goldman Sachs, 300 billion of CAPEX are needed to digitalize the power distribution grids in Europe by 2050. Who will pay for it and how should regulators consider these investments? Again, I refer to, to, to what I said before. Our opinion on this is that uh, for the regulated part, we need to think about what is the mutual system and how can we make it as lean and mean as possible. So we should not go to very big legacy systems. We would limit it to communication layers that are cyber secure and that ensure that data is flowing between the meter point and the rest. Then, of course, there's a lot of investment that needs to happen in the IoT, in driving specific assets, etc. But we don't think that's the role of the regulated sector, that's the role of the commercial sector, where they convince their client that there is a real benefit. And so each time when they do such a thing, there needs to be some cost-benefit analysis that is done in the commercial sector. And so a lot of that investment will be done because clients say it is delivering real value to me. It is either reducing the my bill, it is increasing the, the level of service I, I will have, it will optimize my asset investment. So there will be a lot of investment that is actually distributed somewhere in the commercial sector in this digital technology that actually people are eager to invest in. And I don't see a problem of that. I think the big risk that we see, and I've looked at quite some markets, is that the regulated sector is trying or is thinking that they need to find a solution by partly entering into the space where the commercial sector should be. And then, of course, you will have enormous investments which will become part of the tariff. But I think that is the wrong trend because the agility of us as a sector is by its nature. Yeah, we need to keep the lights on at every single moment. That is a quite important responsibility that creates a kind of dynamic in a company where each step is well thought through, super tested, etc. While on the other side, clients will probably think, well, I would try this new service. If I don't like it, I take another service. So there's another dynamic on that side. And so that's why we think we should really limit the regulated sector 
towards something which is a very robust lean and mean layer. And then all the other investments need to prove themselves as commercially viable. To close our interview, I'd like to ask you some rapid fire questions that you can answer with one or two words or take a wild guess. Okay. So zero carbon Europe by 2050, myth or reality? Ambitious, but a good ambition to have. The future of storage, batteries or power to gas? Short term batteries, longer term power to gas as well. What year will see the last combustion engine vehicle sold in Europe? We will see very soon much less sold, but I think you will always have vintage cars running around. What will be the percentage of power generated by prosumers in 2050? I think that will be surprisingly low in the end. It will be in the 15 to 20% range of total consumption. The main challenge for utilities in the next decade is... To make sure that we act quickly enough to both the infrastructure challenge and the digital challenge. And our final question, do you believe that the Paris Agreement goal of keeping the increase in global average temperature to well below two degrees above pre-industrial levels will be attained? And if yes, by what date? It's a very complex question that you're asking there, and I don't have a crystal ball on that one, but I think that we need to do everything to get as close as possible to that objective. Chris, thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Next time on Net Zero. Well, the the households which are making the biggest effort to fund the energy transition today are the poorest ones. Thank you for listening to this episode of Net Zero. If you like us, you can subscribe to our Florence School of Regulation podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud and sign up to our newsletter. 